welcome to the God is not an asshole podcast. If you are one of the many people done with religious dogmatism, hang on. You might sense transcendence, but your church or other faith community never seem to get off the ground. You realize that honoring your conscience means more than fitting in and keeping hard to explain rules? Hang on. You could probably think of the goodness in your tradition, and you tried your best to save that baby, but there's so much bathwater. Join your hosts, David Norman Moore Jr. in California and Carrie Connolly in New Jersey, who are collaborating to bring on guests who have found life on the other side of fundamentalism. Guests with stories of how they have liberated themselves from beliefs that divide us from each other. None of our guests' narratives are identical, but we hope you'll find something in common with each of them. We invite you to experience our common bond as we all inspire even more of us to embrace the true self. Lisa, I I don't want to, you know, just uh, push this too far, <laughs> but there are there are so many kids uh, and some of them are yeah. young children. Yes. Um, so so many kids who are teenagers and of course adults which comprise the community that that you have discovered. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like you could even say more. You know, what would Okay, so just imagine a 10-year-old yeah, who exactly. is making this discovery. How do you capture that? So first of all, it's really going to depend on the parents. So mm-hmm. is the parent... Okay, okay, then let me be a little bit more specific. Okay. Say the 10-year-old is a Black Pentecostal... Oh, Lord. Uh, ...child <laughs> yes. going wow. to church every week. Mm-hmm. Yes. Speak to that. You're in that story. Mm. And is is dad... Or mom, are they in relationship with the kiddo? They haven't rejected the kiddo. They they still want to be a part of the kid's life. Yeah, let's the, say they either one, whether it's the mother or the father, right. you know, who is uh, you know lesbian or gay um, or trans or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Let's say that uh, the the child wants to be in relationship with them, which of course is pretty much a given, mm-hmm. um, and. And so, and so do, so does that parent. The parent. Okay. So we have equal partners. We have partners both willing to stay in relationship, but somebody is still going to a Pentecostal church and he's still hearing the things. Yes. I would say to that 10 year old, talk to your parents, talk to the person that is coming out, ask questions. And remember that that is your parent and that they love you regardless they love you unconditionally they will go through hell and high water for you that's what matters is the love they show you that the love they give you that the support and how they just surround you with 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 love and support it's like that is what absolutely matters Mm. that's what matters Mm. to a 10 year old I think too, I, if I were in a situation like that, I would be telling a 10 year old, Hey, there's assholes in the world. And you you're would absolutely hear, do that. 
Yes. You right. told your five-year-old daughter that. So I, you, I, I did. I did, tell, I did tell them that. <laughs> yeah. So, yes, yes. But yes. that there are assholes in the world and yes. that and that you have to be prepared and here's some ways Absolutely. that you can deal with them. That not everybody is going to agree. This is why it. Um, yeah. not everybody agrees with my decision I, to do what I want to do or live I would also I'm, probably include some martial arts training and <laughs> say. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Lisa, I'm going to uh, get martial arts. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Can't uh, hurt. I'm 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 gonna get more. You know, this is all hypothetical, but of course, it's not yeah. just hypothetical. I'm mm-hmm. gonna even go farther. I'm gonna give the little. I'm gonna say it's a little boy, ten years mm-hmm. old. His name is Jamal. Hi, Jamal. <laughs> Jamal. Yeah. And he, it's 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 nine a.m. Sunday morning, mm-hmm. and he's getting ready to go to church mm-hmm. today. Speak something to him. Jamal, you may hear some things that are in conflict with what's being lived out in your house currently. It is okay to even ask questions of those in your church. They may say things that may hurt because sometimes, unfortunately, grownups can be cruel and say things that hurt. Don't take it personally. Jamal, I need you not to internalize the hate they give. I need you to go back and talk to the people that love you and have a conversation with them and tell them, this is what I'm hearing. This is what they're saying at church. And it's like, tell me what's right. Tell me what's true. Tell me what I need to know. And do I have to keep going back to this place where they are telling me that what you are and who you are is wrong? What what else is for what else is out there for us? And at ten years old, there's got where is there a safe where is there a safe space for me and my family? Okay, so now thank you for that. And and so yeah. now now Jamal feels a little more confident. Yes, uh, and and so okay. when he goes to church because of his family's experience, yes, his his gaydar is is on. Yes. 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 And if it's a substantial size church, yes, church, um, he's noticing some things. Yes. Right. Talk about that. Oh, you trying to get me in trouble? Okay. So, (laughs) what we know for sure is that there have always been gay people, gay persons, gay bodies in the church. Always, Mm -hmm. they do the pastor's wives' hair. They're directing Mm -hmm. the choir. They're playing the instruments. They're leading songs. They have always been. And I'm going to get myself in a lot of trouble, but it's convenient to have those people there doing those things um, because of their talent and because of their Mm. gifts. But shame on us for then condemning and talking about all the things, but then you're reaping the benefits of their skills, gifts, and talents. Mm Mm-hmm. So, kind of, kind of like white churches do with black bodies, right? Just, Tell me about it. So, just you know. So, oh my! So, um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I mentioned that I'm Church of God in Christ, but yes. that's only technically because I've been shunned, right? Of, and yeah, I, yeah. I, you know, I used to preach all over the country, right? Mm. And I preached. I remember there was this. Uh, I, I'll just say a mega church. I, I won't be specific. But of course, of course. There was this mega church that had a minister of music. They hired a minister of music 
he he dressed a certain way, his mm-hmm. hair was a certain way, mm-hmm. and he was, you know, kind of quasi-flamboyant, right? Okay. They hired this person. Yes. And I remember when I would go there, I saw him, uh, you know, with his instrument, right? Mm-hmm. But then I remember going back and I had to do a, a second take because he was groomed differently. Ah. Mm. He even moved differently. Mm-hmm. And I thought um, somebody yeah. got to him. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, what is this about, Mesa? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like somebody I'm going to need you to play the part. Masculinity. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And so we're filming in Chicago. And I've, 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 I visited Chicago and I'm, uh, I have a connection there. And there are quite a few affirming Black Pentecostal churches in Chicago. Yes, Some of them, you know, they won't, you know, it's not on the door. It's like we are an affirming church, but you go in and it's a safe space. And so I I think that more of that is happening quite as it's kept. Mm. I think um, I want to mention, yeah, yeah, I want to mention a, a, an organization called Church Clarity right now because I think it's an amazing resource mm-hmm. where you can go um, and you can you can go and look up your church or a church and find out where they land on the affirming spectrum yeah. because there are those that are clear about where they stand and they mm-hmm. either say we are Bible believe quote Bible yes. believing right and therefore that's usually a good code for they're not affirming so we right. are celebratory outright celebratory yeah. here's our pride flag hanging outside. But somewhere in the middle are those churches that are not all that clear. They might be affirming, but they're not willing to put that out there. Yes. Right. Yes. Um, and but sometimes what what's and and then there are the ones who say, oh, we love everybody. You're all welcome. Right. But they're not really affirming. And the problem with both of those situations mm-hmm. is that very often that what that actually means is that uh, LGBTQ folks are not really welcome to participate fully in the life of the church. So that means they can't get married in the church. They can't mm-hmm. be in leadership positions in the church and mm. be openly gay, yes. right? They can, they can be straight. They can pretend to be straight, but, yeah. but they yeah. cannot be openly gay and, yeah. and participating know, fully in the church. And I think it's really important. So churchclarity.org is the awesome. resource and it's a really churchclarity.org. And it's a really, really good resource um, for that. You know, I'm in talking about this, I'm thinking about a a situation and I'm going to try to uh, be very vague as well. But um, there was a young guy that was at church, at a church that I was associated with, and he was on the worship team. And he was amazing, like, you know, using, bringing all of his gifts Mm-hmm. to the to the church every single Sunday and with with passion and mm-hmm. uh, grace and just amazing. And then he came out to the pastor and was mm. immediately removed from the worship team. And I remember a few weeks later wow. um, seeing a video of him. He went to his boyfriend's church, who is now his husband and his boyfriend. But this this guy was white. His boyfriend was black and his boyfriend okay. went to a black church. Um, and that church was affirming and that church let that guy sing and he was singing and praising his heart out. And all I could think is that's what we stopped this guy from doing. Mm. Mm -hmm. 
That's what mm-hmm. we stopped this guy from doing. What, what? Which do you think God is going to be more upset? You know, God is going to be more upset about mm-hmm. the fact that we like told this guy, "Oh no, you're no longer allowed to worship your heart out," mm-hmm. or the mm-hmm. fact that you're 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 loving in a loving relation. It just made no sense to me. Made no sense. You know, you mentioned Chicago. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking. I'm just wondering. Okay, so you know, I'm closer to L.A. Mm-hmm. And I'm one from of the LA. biggest. Oh, okay. So mm-hmm. then you know that one of the biggest black churches in LA is the one led by Noel Jones. Yes. Yes. You've probably yes. been there. I oh. have not been. So okay. I've been, I've been out of LA for a minute, but I'm okay. very familiar. Very, very familiar. Okay. So they don't have to say it, but I mean, Noel Jones' sister is Grace Jones. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, she and Grace the Jones, Grace is Jones? The, Grace Jones the, the Grace Jones, the fabulous, wow. the one and only Grace wow. Jones. And you can see Grace Jones in Noel Jones. I mean, yes. in his in his preaching, you know, you can see the Grace Jones in him. Anyway, they are siblings, absolutely. <laughs> and so, I think that their church provides something of a prophetic witness in the black community in hmm. LA to challenge the norms because they're not, you know, pushing this heteronormativity that mm. so many black churches push in the, in a, in a similar way, but not exactly the same. A generation earlier, Reverend James Cleveland, right? Yes. The, you know, yes. he was gay. Yes, he was very much so. And, and so gay folks just flooded his church. Yes, they did. <laughs> You yes, know, they and, did. And, and other churches preached against their church. <laughs> yes, wow. they did. But they provided a prophetic witness. So I'm wondering if in Chicago, if churches like Trinity United, mm. uh, where Jeremiah Wright was uh, yes. the pastor, and he retired, now it's Otis Moss III. Yes, yes, yes. I wonder if, if, if churches like that are influencing other churches. Mm. You would have to ask my Chicago Connect. I am not deeply entrenched. I do not know. I would, my guess would be yes. Um, it's some of some of these some of the churches. You know, they've they've all again gay and lesbian bodies, LGBT community. We've always been in the church. It's not new that we've that we're there. That's not new. Mm. That's not new. I um, think. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, well, I just, I I think that there, I know, I know, I'm not even going to say I think, I, I can't speak for the Black church specifically, but I can say that among the, the among the evangelical worlds, in, in the evangelical world, I do know, in the big mega churches, right? Mm-hmm. I do know that there, there has been for some time a movement that started off a little bit on the down low and has simply, it has such, since, expanded greatly to mm-hmm. to help provide a system of support for pastors who oh. wanted to move their church from be, and and I know this because the divinity degree that I received was burst out of the organization mm. that was started for these um these pastors right and so I I know that there is um that there is this movement toward really working toward becoming open and affirming. What I am not sure of is whether church can survive the damage done already. That's I a valid really question. That's that's valid. That's valid. 
and again, my whole premise for, for, for creating the film is wanting people to see the collateral damage, to see mm. what this has done to real people, real families, yes. real relationships. Thank you. And how now these people have to go out in the world. And, you know, we always like to say that hurt people hurt people. And just how we just continue this cycle of trauma, of hurt, that that's I I I want to be a voice. I want you to see what happened because this is loosely based on my life. And I told I think I told Carrie this. So while the initial story of closetness, of being rejected, of daddy issues, because I can definitely tell you about daddy issues and how to, Oof. you know, that, that whole healing process, what that looks okay. like and how it's a continual process, right? I can tell you about that journey. These characters really had their own story to tell. So once I started writing, they evolved in ways I'm like, okay, well, I'm, I'm just going to sit here and type and the story's going to go where the story's going to go. But it really is this is what this is what happened to me more or less mm. this is how i kind of had to grow up with this rejection of a father you know who um was not capable who did not have who did not have the emotional bandwidth to love me in a way mm. that i needed to be loved you know mm. to to raise my sister and i in a healthy environment because, you know, there was addiction at some point and, you know, just anger and just all these things. And so what does that do to a kiddo? Mm. What does that do to a kiddo? What does that do? Have you, have you done any sort of autoethnography kind of work where done the digging to, to say what, what were the, the things the family structures that he grew up in. Mm -hmm. Did he, was his, did he identify as he? He did. He did. Okay. So um, I want to use the correct program, but um, yes. so, so have you done that? And has that done anything to foster your own healing? So as you know, sometimes the generation before you, our, our, our lovely boomers, they are silent. Indeed. They don't like to talk about what happened when and trying to get yeah. those stories out not difficult. So what I'm having to do was piece things together. So I do know that he was mistreated as a young kid. I've, I've heard stories about him being locked in a pantry, um, yeah. you know, in a house in LA um, with mice and roaches and things of that nature. So I, I've, I've heard that story from him, but then I had his brother tell me, oh, that's a lie that never happened. Mm. What, yeah. you, what do you do with that? <laughs> what, yep. what do you do? Yep. So I have, you know, the person who said he experienced the trauma and another person said that never happened. Mm -hmm. um, I do know that him being gay was an open secret. It was something everybody knew except for my mama and except mm -hmm. for us mm -hmm. who did not find out until later, much later. And so that I, I don't have much to go. I do know that he had a, his youngest brother, I think Michael was the baby. He was he was also a, a gay man. I don't believe he was closeted, and he died during the AIDS epidemic in the nineties. Mm. He was a young man. So Michael was beautiful. So your healing your healing journey has really yes. been in isolation. 
or aside from the community that you've discovered as a result of it, but it's been in isolation. It has been in isolation. It has been me, a therapist on occasions to walk Mm -hmm. through and me journaling. um, And writing a movie. And writing a movie. It, It, that really has helped. And this, this movie well, a lot of people might think that it is an indictment against my father and that it is retaliatory. It is a love letter to my dad mm. on how I wish things could have been. Yeah. That I see you. I, I see what you went through. I see the, uh, the societal norms. I, I, I know the church rhetoric. I know all of that. And I still wanted you. You could have been, lived openly with a gay man and had a dog named Fifi. I would have been fine <laughs> with you and Pierre and Fifi. So it really is my, it, it's a love letter. And it's like, I wish things could have been different. I wish that society could that. have been kinder to you. I wish that you would have been able to live your truth so that you could have had these beautiful, healthy relationships. That. It is my love letter to my father. It is not an indictment. It is here. Let me see if I can help another Walter. Can I help save another Kelly? Can, you know, can, can, can I help another family in the throes of chaos? Because this is still happening. I had somebody respond to me on a Facebook page, black man, 40 years old. He says, this is my truth. And what I'm currently going through, he says, I finally um, found the strength. To come uh, out and to live my truth. He was the spawn or, or he was the gay he's, person? He's a gay man, 40, 40 year old black gay man who says, This is my truth and I'm finally coming out. Which right there is a reason that this film has to get made. It has to get made. So let's talk um, in our last few minutes a little bit about I know that you have some amazing uh, cast and crew yes. working with you on this I film. Do. And I know that you have a crowdfunding. Uh, campaign yes. right now. Right so now. let's talk about let's talk about that. Tell us about the cast and crew. So um, I have um, a beautiful woman, Catherine J. Hatam, who is my producer. She worked on films such as Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. She's worked mm-hmm. on some other um, big name projects, and she has been such a godsend. And it's beautiful how we met. We met through my CPA. I asked my CPA a question. Love she it. says, "Oh, you have to meet this person." And it was she jumped right on board and said, "Yes, loved the story." And so we've got some cast and crew already assigned. I have a wonderful DP, director of photography, Brandon Jones. Branding is amazing. We've worked on projects together. And it is true. You work with people you know, like, and love, trust, you know. So, And I know, like, and trust Brandon with this project to capture. We'll work together and capture the vision. So we've, you know, some small parts we went ahead and assigned and cast. And the thing about, I'll be brief, the thing about movie making Yes, it is expensive. Now, had this been a documentary, I probably would have been funded by now and been done. But because I am a black woman doing a feature film. So so in other words, what you're saying is that those of us who want to be proactive about supporting black female creatives. Yes. And very purposefully doing that work is almost a form of personal reparation. So it would be a good idea to do that. Yes, yes, it was. <laughs> yes, it would. Yes, it yeah. Would. So the I, crowdfunding I link would be below. <laughs> I, I, I wonder if what would it take for you to be able to cross paths with an Angela Bassett or an Ava DuVernay? Um, Can I be honest? Mm. Those are closed networks. 
Yeah. Those are closed networks. The Viola Davis also has a production company. Queen Latifah has a production company. Those, unfortunately, are closed networks. So this is going to be a grassroots effort. So one, here's the beautiful thing. Once it gets done, and it just needs to get done. It just needs mm-hmm. to get done, and it needs to be out there. Then I, I have proof of co- I have proof of concept. I've done documentaries. I've done several documentaries, but a feature film is completely different. And so once this film get it gets completed, then maybe some other doors will open. Okay, but so what do you then, mean so for it to get completed? Queen Latifah. Yes, wouldn't that be a natural connection? You would think, but no. Because it, you it know really, what, just just yes. you know, uh, point of trivia. One of those mega churches that I preached in, Queen Latifah, was in the audience. Hey, uh, one of those days. Wow. Which I'm still, I'm still, I'm still trying to figure out how this works because we still met a church. Um, it's just those mo- most amazing See? thing how See? we how we're able to like, uh, you know, put a filter up or something. Yes. Right. Yes. But I'm just wondering why why wouldn't it, how why isn't that a a natural connection for Lisa Alexander? There's more than six degrees of separation at this point. Um, And I'm grateful for the people that I have contact with. I'm partnering with an organization in Chicago called Black Alphabet. So they do a film festival. So they are fundraising on our behalf. We have a fundraiser coming up November 8th, November 3rd, I'm sorry. Um, And I'll share those details as we get them. And so it's about crowdfunding. It's about, I'll tell you the big, so what, what, what will it take? To get a Queen Latifah, Viola Davis, get their attention, it would have it would be having a named talent attached to the film. So let's say Billy Porter signs oh, on. Yeah. Let's say somebody, right? Somebody, somebody of that caliber, a Gab- Gabrielle Union, somebody of that nature signs on to the project and gives us. Oh, that would be perfect, wouldn't it? Though, I think so. And indeed, we could put that I out in so. the universe. She just did. Um, yes, the movie, The Inspection, which was phenomenal. Oh, if you have not seen the inspection, please see the film. It isn't All right, beautifully done everybody, film. you heard it. Watch the inspection. Beautiful. But <laughs> especially watch my father, the queen. I mean, <laughs> you know what? I'm going to say that before I knew anything about you and, and before Carrie ever mentioned this movie, I thought this title is going to go places. You know, I mean... <laughs> It's, it's, I mean, it just says too much, just the title. Thank so. you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yes. Yes. So Lisa, tell us where people can go to donate to sure. like, where, what are all the places where they can find out more? Go about to www.fundmyfatherthequeen.com. That will lead you to the website. That'll lead you to my website, lisanalexander.com. You can donate there. The thing about this particular donation site, you do have to register or create an account before you can give. So if you would just please go through that, cross that hurdle and then donate, that would be able And we have great um, giveaways as well. You can get a signed copy of the script at a certain level. Ooh. Oh, there's all kinds of good stuff. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Good stuff. Good stuff. Awesome. Well, Lisa, as always, I could talk to you for hours and hours about <laughs> so many different things. <laughs> One of these days, we'll do it in One person. Day. So thank you so much Absolutely. for being a guest. And I am I cannot wait to see this thank film. Thank you so much. And I will say, because you mentioned boomers, uh, I will say that if you ever want to bounce something off of a boomer, 
Uh, uh, no, reach <laughs> out to me. Here. I'll be thank here. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. That just made me really happy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And you're in LA too, awesome. right? Are you still in LA? I, well, I'm in Santa Barbara. So, okay. you know, not that thank far. You. That means yeah. a lot. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah. People come to Santa Barbara all the time. So this is a natural. You can come up and, and we can hang out. You thank know, you. Just, Will do. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you guys. Have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for being here today. We are people who have left behind performance-based religion and the shame that comes with it. Maybe you have a personal liberation story to tell and we want to know about it. Please contact us on Twitter at God is not an asshole or text 805-703-8393 because the world needs to know that God is not an asshole.